Well, I'm so excited to welcome you today. This is Vision Sunday at Christ Journey Church. So whether you're joining us on one of our physical campuses or on church online from across the nation around the world, we welcome you today. Now, a vision has been called a picture of a preferred future. It's an imagined place that is better than the place we find ourselves today. And, uh, and yet, it's not simply a wish. The best visions can be realized. Not all at once, maybe. Uh, because God-sized visions take God's timing in order to come true. But they're not simply envisioned. They can be embraced. They can be entered. You can almost taste them. And the picture of the preferred future that I see God has for us at Christ's journey is one of blessing. Would you say that word with me? Blessing. Blessing. God's blessing on our marriages, on our families, on our kids, on our health, on our church, on our work, on our businesses, on our friends, on our finances, on our future. God's blessing. Can you see it? I see a season of multiplied blessing coming, the blessing of God upon us. And it's blessing that can be envisioned, blessing that can be embraced, and as I said, blessing that can be entered. All through the Bible, God has a vision to bless His people. From creation, God's first posture toward the image bearers He's made is blessing. Genesis 1.27. So God created man in His image. Male and female, He created them. Verse 28. And God blessed them. On a personal note, God has repeatedly spoken to me about my life and ministry in this church through Psalm 118. And verse 26 says, blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. From the house of the Lord, we will bless you. I see blessings flow in multiplied fashion from the house of the Lord as Christ's journey. Some years ago now, the Lord made clear to me that in Matthew chapter 5, verses 3 through 12, the Beatitudes of Jesus, that he has given us a pathway of blessing. Nine times he says they're blessed are, blessed are, blessed are, blessed are you, and uh, expressing the blessing of God's kingdom coming on those that are growing in his grace. The Christ Journey Passport outlines for us for you individually and for us as a church family, how to follow the Christ journey. What is the Christ journey? You'll find it there. You know, what's better than follow the yellow brick road? It's follow Jesus on the path to blessing. And we begin a new series, not today, next Sunday, as an expression of this vision through 1 John. It's going to be rich. You're going to be well-fed. The author of that letter also wrote the Gospel of John. John 1.16, would you read this with me? From the fullness of His grace, we have all received one blessing after another. That's nonstop, multiplied blessing. That's our future. Paul agrees. Paul says, God leaves nothing out of that blessing. Ephesians 1.3, praise be to the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has what? Blessed us in the heavenly realms with what? Every spiritual blessing in Christ. Now, what does that blessing look like? 
I'll tell you, it looks like stuff you love about us. Here's some of the stuff I love about Christ's journey. I love how God uses us to bring hope and help to so many people from so many places across our world. I love how we help people receive God's forgiveness and God's life, salvation in Jesus Christ. I love how we help people personally feel God's personal love for them. I love how we're growing to be a safe place where it's okay to not be okay. I love how we help one another live more fulfilling lives to find fullness together. I love how we help people get closer to God and to each other. How we help marriages and families. How we help moms and dads and kids and teens. I love how we celebrate the creativity of God through uh, the arts, visual, musical, dramatic arts. I love how we harness technology and take Christ's journey beyond these walls, how we reach out and how we help our world, how we feed the hungry, how we serve the resource-challenged, how we spruce up schools and, and how we help not-for-profits. I love how we, uh, how we love the nations, how we don't just send missionaries to the You know what we do? We go. I love that about us that we take our hearts and our hands and we give our medicine and our music to provide encouragement and love and that those who receive God's love through us, how we feel God's love through them. I don't know of a global team that has been out on mission that hasn't returned feeling the blessing of God. I love our church. Do you? What do you love about our church? I'm going to ask you right now, tell your neighbor just one thing and listen to one thing from them, would you? Okay, let me guess. Somebody said, somebody has been there for me. From this church, somebody was there for me. Maybe somebody said, you know, one of those messages just spoke to my heart and brought me encouragement to hang in there. Or maybe you said, a group, my group has offered me friendship and a connection in community or an opportunity to uh, step into who you are by serving someone else. But it came down to how people are interacting and giving themselves to one another and receiving from one another. Maybe somebody invited you. Maybe that's what you said. You know, I met Christ at this church. And somebody invited you, and you at first thought, well, I'm not a churchy, religious kind of person. And then you accepted the invitation, and you came to find out that we're not churchy, religious kind of people either. That what we're committed to is sharing the love and truth of God as we seek to follow Jesus. Really follow Jesus. Not just a religion that people make up about him. Does any of that sound familiar? Then welcome to Christ's journey. This is Vision Sunday at Christ's journey where we remember what matters so we can seize the future together. Now, I have a Waze app on my phone. You know, it helps me get places that I'm trying to go. So I asked Waze, hey Waze, where's the future? And uh, how do we get there from here? And you know what Waze said? Sorry, I missed that. So I tried again. I asked, hey Waze, how do we get to spiritual fullness from here? 
Because I know Christ's journey future is one of fullness. You know what Wade said? Uh, I didn't quite get that. You know what? Ways can't tell us the way to the future. But God's Word can. His Word is a lamp to my feet, a light to my path. And what does God's Word tell us? Well, I hesitate to share these next few words because they can seem so familiar to so many of us. But may I remind you that our study of God's Word has brought us to some core summary statements of what we're all about as a church. Here's our purpose. It tells us why we're here. Say it with me. We help people find and follow Christ. Now, our vision statement, this is like big picture stuff. Say this with me. Win as many as possible, as soon as possible, by the most effective means possible. Now, how do we do that? Well, our strategy statement tells us that together, here we go, read it, by cultivating relevant environments toward Christ-centered living. Now, I'm not going to list all the environments here um, for every age and stage of life because I don't want you to think this is some kind of commercial. But that is our DNA. This is our essential bone structure of the body of Christ through which we embrace and enter the vision of God, our picture of His preferred future for us. Our goal isn't to get buildings full of people. It's to get people full of God. But how? I mean, how can it happen to you? Ephesians 4 has the answer. And I want to ask you, before we go there, I want to ask you to ask God right now to open your understanding and not just show you how it works, but show you what your part is in it, okay? Ephesians 4.11, so God, so Christ himself gave apostles, prophets, evangelists, pastors, and teachers. In other words, God gives spiritual leaders to the church. Why? To equip his people for works of service so that the body of Christ may be built up. What does that mean? Well, to help his people get healthy and strong so that they can serve God others in ministry and build others up and be built up themselves why well watch this until we all reach unity in the faith and in the knowledge of the son of god and become mature attaining to the whole measure of the fullness of christ man whoa what is that the whole attaining you attaining to the whole measure of the fullness of christ the text tells us god has three end goals for his people unity that's a trusting togetherness a oneness in the faith maturity that's a deepening experience of jesus christ for you personally and then productivity that's a maturing life, the, the rising to your full measure of fullness in Christ. In other words, becoming everything that you are meant to be, full grown, in character, in fruitfulness, a full and meaningful life. Every Christ follower maturing, ministering, and then living on mission. That's what blessed looks like. I see a season of multiplied blessing coming to Christ's journey. Now, equip is a word meaning bring into condition of fitness. Get fit. 
Measure is the Greek word metron from which we get metric. This is like a standard of measure. So do you want to know how we get to God's future from here? How you can? There it is. It's through the process of spiritual growth in the body of Christ. Now, you probably know that we have an expansion plan for more campuses across our county. We are trusting God to multiply our ministries across the city, the county, the region to five campuses running by the end of 2020. God-sized vision. But that plan only happens as we grow there. It's dependent on our spiritual growth. Upon mine, but upon yours. The future of God's multiplied blessing comes to us as His blessing flows through us and we grow in the kingdom. How do you grow to full measure? Well, you know, what he's talking about is each and every member fully engaged to the fullness of Christ. How do you grow to full measure? Well, I'm glad you asked. That's what our growth track is all about. There are four milestones in the growth track in that passport to blessing toward Christ-centered living. Here they are. Find Christ, grow in family, share your gifts, and uh, live with purpose. See, listen, we're not at church. We're not just about getting more butts and seats. We're not just trying to get more people in God's cafeteria so that they can feed on his word. We're not just filling slots on an org chart to get stuff done. We're, here's what we're doing. We're getting Christ in people's hearts. We're raising up vision carriers. We are engaging and enlarging volunteers. We're unleashing leaders. We are multiplying multipliers. There's a God-sized vision. Multi-site ministry lives and dies on engaging volunteers and multiplying multipliers. So, to those of you who have served faithfully, those of you who have served in time past, God bless you for being part of this magnificent vision. And may he grace you, bless you, to find an apprentice and then to multiply your ministry. Now for those of you who have never served, hey listen, there's no better time to get in the game. Now is your opportunity to rise to get in the game. You matter so much to God, but his future he wants you to participate in a season of multiplied blessing. But if you don't grow, you won't know God's blessing. Last year, with 1,000 volunteers, we reached and blessed multiple thousands of people, of lives, literally, truly. Now, if multiple, if 1,000 can reach and bless multiple thousands of lives, then imagine with me the impact that 2,000 of us could have. If each person serving now had one other person brought into the serving opportunity, what would the impact be? Multiplied thousands would be blessed. I see a season of multiplied blessing coming. And God wants to grow you there to the whole measure of fullness in Christ. And that happens in three ways. As we build 
unity, as we develop maturity, and then as we grow all the way up to kingdom productivity where we are serving. But listen, if you don't serve, then you don't grow. This is God's plan. In Ephesians, Paul says, we, the people, are God's inheritance. In other words, God's people are our most valuable resource. How can you add value to God's most valuable resource? Here's how. And this is the one thing I want to ask you to do today. Identify where you are in your Christ journey right now and just move to the next level. Identify where you are right now, to the best of your understanding, in your personal Christ journey, and then just move to the next level. Now, in our culture, you know what? We all come in to this journey as consumers, don't we? I mean, we're taught by culture to ask this question, what's in it for me? And so we come to Christ the same way. Maybe that's where you are in your journey today. You know, what's in it for me? Come in as a, consult, as a consumer. But you know what? As your needs are met and you start feeding and, and, and connecting with it and you, you move from consumer to participant or attender, a regular participating attender. And then the next thing you know, we start to grow and learn and our lives start to change and we trust Christ and, uh, and become disciples. <laughs> Is that where you are today? But listen, it was to disciples that Jesus said, go now into all the world and make more disciples, reach more people, baptize more people, teach more people. In other words, multiply my ministry. This is a God-sized vision. Jesus doesn't just leave us as consumers. He grows us as we consume to be contributors, multipliers. Now, how can you be a multiplier? Well, think about this. Start as a volunteer, then become a vision carrier, contagious with the DNA of the kingdom, and then next, step into leadership, serve, find a place to make a contribution, and then when you hand off in ministry, you hand off your leadership to someone else, you have just become a multiplier. Let me say it another way. I was talking with Freddie, our pastor of students at Kindle, and he told me that he had been teaching our teens and was using potluck as an example, potluck, as maybe you know this, is when we each bring a different dish to a shared meal. And Freddie said, you know, when it comes to potluck, uh, sometimes we have mixed feelings. We feel nervous about um, cooking for others. We feel like maybe our creations won't be good enough for others. We're afraid of failure. We don't want to be remembered as the one who messed up or the one who brought that nasty dish, you know, to the meal. And, uh, and so we're insecure. We get a little afraid about that. But the reality is that to a potluck, we all bring something. That's what it is by definition. God gives each one of us the chance to be part of something bigger than ourselves. Church is like that. We all bring something. We all bring something personal. This is God's plan. Some gift, some skill, some contribution for others to taste, for others to benefit from. And then as we do, we grow too. You remember the story of the little boy 
and Jesus, the day that thousands were fed, thousands were fed. Who fed the multitudes? Was it Jesus or was it the boy? The answer is both. Because the boy bringing his lunch offered his little to God's potluck. And look what Jesus did. Brought him right into a season of multiplied blessing. I see a season of multiplied blessing in our future where Jesus takes what we bring and give and the transformation of multiplication happens through us. Now, so many of us can tell a story about that. I bet you've got one. And sometimes, even when you've served for years, an unexpected encounter fresh with God can give you a new vision. That's what's happened with Tom, one of our volunteers. Would you listen as he shares his story now? So, following Jesus is, is kind of hard to explain. The Bible helps. It says things like, the spirit is the willing, but the flesh is weak. I don't really know what that means, but it helps me understand that when when I screw up a lot, God's grace is, is enough to deal with it. And I knew that already, but I really know it now. For the last 20 years or so, I've had a, a chronic digestive condition. My body fails to recognize part of my intestines as me, and so my body attacks itself. The treatment plan is uh, take a bunch of pills every day for the rest of my life and, and hope for the best. So last year, uh, it got bad, and I had to go to the hospital. You know it's bad when the doctor says, Mr. Poole, we're going to have to remove your entire large intestine. And your reaction is, okay, let's do that, right now. They told my wife that uh, I could die if I didn't have the surgery. I remember kind of wanting to. I also remember being pretty mad at the doctor and at myself. There's something about a hospital bed that magnifies your contact, or your lack of contact with God. I realized uh, just how shallow my prayer life is. Uh, sometimes I feel like I'm, like I'm reading from a prayer grocery list. I need a, I need a loaf of forgiveness, a stick of mercy, a quart of grace. Your prayers when you wanna die when you're about to die, they're just different. God, I know you're there. Hold on, don't let go. They were desperate. I didn't know it was gonna happen. I still don't. But in the in helpless, desperate moments, I, I knew that God was enough. When my body broke, it showed me my need for real intimacy with God. I wasn't looking for it. I certainly wasn't willing to work for it, but when I needed it, it was right there. I still wonder if I get to keep this, this closeness with God, but I worry that uh, I'm gonna let it just slip away. It makes me almost wanna stay broken so I don't forget I need him to fix me. So it's almost a year later, I ask God the same question every day. What now? You know, what do you want me to do? 
with my life. Life is different now. My head works about the same, but I think my heart works better. I see God's grace. I see opportunities to demonstrate His grace and mercy to other people. I see how often I fail to demonstrate them to other people. I see how much that same grace and mercy is just right there to make up for my shortcomings. All these things, you know, they make you feel. I don't like to feel very much, but they make you feel gratitude. And I'm grateful for a lot of things, but I'm really grateful for my family here at Christ Journey. There's something special about our church. I mean, it's not perfect, but it's unique in an exceptional way. And God, he reminded me that it's not just for me. It's for all people. So what do I do to really make this a place for all people? I don't have a fish on my car. I don't ask strangers if they know Jesus. I am drawn to spontaneity, I, in the moment, chaos, you know, and I think God is, is calling me to a place where intimacy with Him grows like unexpectedly. More for me, more for everybody. But He's also calling me to uh, check my ego and my pride and my personal ambitions at the door. Jesus said that you have to give up everything to gain the kingdom and the kingdom is closeness to God. I wanna make a difference here because I wanna be close to Him. I want to do things for Him because I wanna be with Him. I wanna live in His kingdom now. I don't know where this journey is gonna take me, you know, my place in His kingdom. I didn't like everything that happened, but I wouldn't undo last year if it meant I had to go backwards in my, in my relationship with him. I just want to keep going forward. You know, Tom, um, I believe is like so many of us, strong, stable, steady, willing to help, wanted to do his part. But I'm wondering now hearing that if, if you wouldn't also agree that many of us are like him, that before this episode, you would ask him, hey, how's your relationship with God? He would have said, fine. Of course, the word he used now was shallow. From a, from a deeper perspective, it was rote. He was going through the motions. But now, in light of what has happened, he said he, he didn't know what he was missing. And he calls it Intimacy with God. That's where the blessing is. That's where you, you truly come alive because you are really depending on God. That's what changes the way you do church. That's what alters your vision for a preferred future. It's like you, you don't just do church. You don't just go through the motions. You start seeing things differently. Like, you know, I, I don't just brew coffee. I'm helping people's cups to overflow with God. I don't, I'm not simply uh, running slides. I'm putting worship in people's minds and hearts. I'm not merely parking away from the main lot. I'm making room for more people to go to heaven. I'm not simply serving in preschool. I'm planting seeds of eternity in hearts. I don't just lead a group. I help people become. 
I help people belong. I'm not just hanging out with teenagers. You know what I'm doing? I'm helping to shape the next generation of leaders. Is that amazing? All of these ministries in our church are empowered by growing volunteers, vision carriers who believe things like this. I'm not just saying hello when somebody, when guests come to church. I'm, I'm letting them know this is home. I don't just straighten seat backs. I help people know how important they are to us and to God. I, uh, I'm not just playing the guitar. I'm knock, knock, knocking on heaven's door for somebody. I'm not just sharing food. I'm bringing the bread of life to my neighbors. When we bring our time, our talents, our treasures, and give them to Jesus, offer them to God. He blesses them, and then he multiplies them. He uses them, and then not just transforming them, but he transforms us in the process. He grows us into what? Into a fresh season of multiplied blessing that's coming. That's what I see. I see a season of multiplied blessing coming. I asked our staff to identify some statements about their ministries. That's where those came from, from their volunteers as well. And I asked that, I mean, the list goes on, way too many to share here. But how about this? You know, I don't just teach the Bible, one teacher said. I help release people from their prisons. I'm not just chatting online. I'm taking the gospel to the ends of the earth. Every opportunity for ministry is a doorway into deeper maturity, and into greater productivity in Christ. Do you want the next year of your life to be one of the best years of your life in Christ? Then take an inventory right now. Ask yourself, where am I in my personal Christ journey? And then decide this, how are you going to grow to the next level? Where are you? And what's your next level? How will you move from consumer to contributor? Do you see where would you say you are on this continuum? And what is your next step? How about this one? From volunteer to multiplier. I mean, where are you on this continuum? And what's your next step? Got it in your mind? How about this one? From find Christ to live with purpose. Multiplying the blessing. Imagine. Imagine how our church would grow in a season of multiplied blessing if each one of us, if you and each one of us were just to take the next step. Now, a spiritual inventory is coming your way right now. We're distributing those on our physical campuses. And here's what I want to ask you to do with that. Just look through the inventory and use it to identify where you are and what your next step is. What is your next step 
into multiplied blessing. I see a season of multiplied blessing coming. What is your next step? Would you identify it? Is it trusting Christ? Is it finding Christ? Is it joining a group? Then circle that. Is it getting baptized? Circle that. Is it taking a step into service? Circle that. Is it getting on mission? Circle that. Circle on the sheet at least one next step. Now you may have many more that you know God is telling you to take. I just want all of us to identify at least one and then take it. Walk the path, follow the passport, grow into fullness toward a season of multiplied blessing in your life. And let me know as your pastor, what can I count on you for in this new season toward multiplying God's blessing this new ministry year? Step into your preferred future with God. I'm telling you, it's not just going to come to you. God is giving you the opportunity to step into it right now. Now, I wouldn't wish what happened to Tom on anybody. But I would pray that whatever happens to you, you would have, as he does now, a deeper walk with God, a closer intimacy with God, and a greater sense of how unique in an exceptional way this imperfect church is, and that you would step up into a season of multiplied blessing in Jesus' name this new year. Would you pray with me? Lord Jesus, we humble ourselves before you. This is your church. We are your servants. We're not here simply to be fed as sheep. We're here to be led as warriors in your kingdom, as salt and light who can make such a difference in our world. And we pray for your people today, for each person, for each next step that your spirit is leading us to take. And I'm especially praying right now for somebody who's on the front end of this and saying, I want to know God personally in the forgiveness of sins. You can do that. You can do that right now. Lord Jesus, come into my heart. Forgive my sin. Come alive in me by the gift of salvation and lead me in the days ahead. Lord, we are entrusting these moments to you as we make our prayer in your name. Amen.